Hello and happy Thanksgiving from us here at the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'll be one of your hosts today. And alongside me, I have Anthony. Hey, guys. So this week, again, it's just Anthony and I here in the podcast studio. Uh, Shay is not with us yet. He will be making his grand return we're thinking next week. Yep. We'll see if we let him back on the show. Yeah. I think we've been doing a pretty great job without Man, him. the amount of downloads we've been getting. It's crazy. Without it's, Shay? It's almost like the audience prefers it. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to make of that, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and happy Thanksgiving if you're listening here in Canada. If you're the, in the United States, I guess just listen to this episode in happy November. Happy Columbus Day. Is it Columbus Day? Yeah, it's Columbus Day on okay. our Thanksgiving. There we go. I believe. The more you know. Uh, the Movie Podcast is a weekly show that you can catch across all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to write in and be part of the show, please do so at thistimewith.com slash talk. We have a great question and comment coming in from Ruth about our Scorsese discussion from last week. Uh, also, if you're able to, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and drop a comment just like Raged Veggie did. Um, Rage, Veggie. Rage Veggie said the best, hands down the best movie podcast out there. They always have up to date information, give excellent movie debates, and funny and very funny as well. I look forward to each and every episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. Amazing. Or thanks. We don't know who Rage Veggie yeah. is. Thank um, you though. Thank you so much for writing in and giving us that amazing review. And of course, uh, feel free to write into the show as well. We really appreciate that. Speaking yeah. of writing into the show, though. Uh, we have a comment coming in from Ruth. So Ruth was responding to, I guess, our discussion last week with Scorsese saying Marvel films aren't cinema, and uh, she had some thoughts about that. She had a, a huge thought. She had a huge thought. But huge thought. We like it. We like it. And she yeah. has a question as well too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have, uh, I included the entirety of Ruth's uh, uh, written in response. We're gonna include that in the show notes if you want to read it as well. Uh, but Ruth basically says here. Um, I don't think Scorsese's being fair at all towards Marvel movies. Labeling films as true cinema or not sets unnecessary limitation. Uh, a work of art is a work of art, period. Some are just more basic than others, and that's fine. Just because Marvel movies don't go into social commentary and challenge norms, which I would argue against anyway, um, and whatever... Uh, sorry, and, just, uh, blah, 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 and whatever other criticism he doesn't mean it's bad or unworthy of being labeled cinema. Marvel movies uh, serve a completely different purpose and caters to completely different people, uh, sides of people, than Scorsese films. One of those purposes is bringing a contrast and balance to the world of cinema. Not every film can be heavy, thought-provoking, emotionally exhausting piece, a film, uh, which is a filmmaking feat, right? Uh, some have to be fluffy so people can prepare their brains, hearts, voids for the next thing. Also, wouldn't fluffy and <laughs> sorry, just the word fluffy is making me laugh here. Also, wouldn't fluffy stuff and Marvel movies just strengthen that of his own? I think that the hyperbole of Marvel movies, the roller coaster experience, as it were, creates a nice contrast to Scorsese films. The existence of Captain America, for example, makes things like The Wolf of Wall Street that much more compelling. Scorsese also, so thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. That was so good. So thoughtfully yeah. said, and I, yeah. I agree with as well, um, which we kind of were going back and forth this week. Yeah. Scorsese then yesterday or a couple days ago kind of doubled down on what he was saying and basically said that all films right now in cinemas are like cinemas are being invaded by theme park type movies. Right. Right. And they need to go back to more narrative based films showing in theaters and I just wanted to get your opinion on that, Anthony. Um, yeah, like it's it. <laughs> I 
I understand where Scorsese is coming from. I do yeah. agree with him to a point. Right. I did agree with him last week on on true cinema versus um, that you know roller coaster type of movie. Right. Um, but those are the movies that are bringing in the majority of the money. Yeah. For theaters for themselves, theaters, right? Yeah. For not theaters, just, not for, just for the box for the office, studios, yeah. and all that. Um, that is kind of like the niche that everyone, well, say in the past 10, 15 years is yeah. kind of surrounded with, Yeah, you know, and it's, it didn't start just with Marvel. There's been other type of theme movies that have gradually formed from the eighties to the nineties. You got back to the future. You had star Wars, yep. you had Jurassic park and you had, um, now they have the Marvel, uh, series so, yeah. Terminator. Now, um, what's the, what's, um, James Cameron film. Oh, Avatar? Avatar is going to be a huge themed yeah. type of story. Um, these are movies that bring in people to to the theaters. Yeah. And I think a lot of these movies as, as well, too, kind of kind of become part of not just pop culture, but it's culture in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I look at a movie like The Dark Knight, which is very director-driven, like Christopher Nolan, because yeah. he's considered one of the great directors working today. And that movie kind of just went into culture so people say when you say why so serious you think of that you think right. of the joker right you know what i mean like it's things like that where the movies have such a power to kind of just transcend just the cinema experience itself right yeah um and i like i i under again i get to a point what he's saying with you get you come to a point now when you go to a theater and it's just like all action movies or it's all franchise films and yeah it's nice when you see an original movie come out but just because it's an original movie doesn't mean that it has to be uh, a a piece of like a slow moving narrative three and a half hour movie. And again, right. not to throw shade at the Irishman, I'm it, that's my most anticipated movie for the rest of the year. Right. Um. And you'll see a lot of times that these like some directors will fight for their movies to come to theaters. Where when you look at what Netflix is doing, and people kind of blame Netflix for what's happened to the movie theaters and such, but like Netflix. So this is a tweet coming from Jordan Rumi. He works for. Uh, He's the editor-in-chief at World of Real. He said that the fact that Netflix produced passion projects from the likes of Scorsese, the Coens, Soderbergh, um, Bombach, Courant, Bong, Fincher, Lee, uh, Chandor, Del Toro, Greengrass, and even well and from well beyond the grave, Orson Welles, renders that not the destruction, but actually the savior of cinema. Netflix is the savior of cinema. Because when you look at yeah, Netflix is is a place where they're willing to pay these giant, well-known creators to create content that doesn't have to appeal to, I guess, the big blockbuster crowd, right? They're still yeah. giving those films a place to live on forever, right? So, may they just may not be on a big screen. Yeah, that's what I was gonna kind of right. lead to is 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 the studio. Uh, sorry, uh, theater is designed just for blockbusters now, like these huge epic films, right? And I think maybe Scorsese has like this feeling that he doesn't just want those types of movies to be maybe movies that you would find on streaming services. Only. Right. But maybe that's right now the, the only way, way to survive. Right. Because um, I look at Roma and I think Roma is a beautiful film and it probably looked phenomenal on a giant screen. But it's also one of those movies where I was like, I'm glad I watched this at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, or, or just. Like, I don't even, like, to me, when I watched Roma at home would have been probably the best. Yeah, you saw it at, you saw it at TIFF, right? No, I saw no. it at home. I saw, saw it, it when it came out. Gotcha. Uh, I think it came out in December. Yeah. Um, I would have rather watched it at home on my TV than watch it in theaters. Yeah. 
and we're and it's crazy though too because it's almost like a it's almost like these directors are have to sell like a piece of their soul almost because to Netflix because we're looking at the Irishman right now. It's not playing in a lot of theaters. Like yeah. they were like Scorsese. It's not playing at Cineplexes in Canada. Yeah, it's playing at the Tiff Bell Lightbox in the states. It's not playing in a lot of cinemas. It's actually going to be playing on Broadway. Yeah, uh, for screenings because theater chains, I guess, and rightly so, are intimidated or against the Netflix model, right? Because yeah. that's cutting into the audience that goes to theaters. So it's almost like a chicken in the egg scenario where it's like, well, people aren't going to the theaters because um, like narrative movies don't survive in theaters because people don't go to them. And then it's like, well, people don't go to them because there's not a lot of them. And it's like, it's kind of like a vicious cycle of, right. Of things like that. Right. It's, it's, it's probably the new debate. Yeah. In terms of um, films out there. You know, what should go to theater? Right. And what should go to a direct stream release? Right. Is that a bad thing? Yeah. I don't think so because, you know, you don't have to watch every movie in a theater. It's true. You know, you have a theater at home. A lot of people, you know, their TVs have grown in terms of, you know, the length. So 65 inch, 85 inch sound systems. Um, Why can't you enjoy this movie? At home, in your own and, theater. And does it take anything away? Let's look at Gemini Man, for an example. Mm-hmm. When we when we see, like, a lot of theaters are showing Gemini and they're saying, hey, it's high frame rate, it's 3D. It's And it's when you're looking at that, it's not actually true. I think it was Collider as well this week that said that um, these theaters that are showing it are actually showing it at 60 frames per second, not 120 frames, because they don't have the technical ability to do that. Yeah. And when they do show it at that high frame rate, the quality of the the picture quality actually goes to 2K rather than 4K. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it's one of those things where it's like the TVs that people have at home are probably more advanced than some of the projectors, projectors. out there. Yeah. So with a movie like Gemini Man, if it came right to Netflix or if it came right to a streaming service, it didn't do well this weekend. And right. you have the biggest star in the world, Will Smith, in it. It's like I wonder what that would have looked like if they decided to put Gemini Man on Netflix, or if they made a deal for it to be um, on a some type of, some type of streaming service, because yeah. guarantee you, we would have watched it. Already. I would have watched it a hundred percent. Yeah, we haven't have... seen Gemini Man yet, yeah. which is crazy to think that an Ang Lee Will Smith movie about him playing his younger self, we haven't seen it in theaters, and it came out yeah. a few days ago. Like I would have watched that at home, hundred yeah, percent. We would have watched that already. But it's 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 a weird. It's I think it's it's the changing of the guard. You know, like yeah, it's for like, sure a certain generation that can't understand where um, the future of cinema is leading to. Right. And he's not, he's maybe he's not agreeing with it. Like uh, others have. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, like even for me, like yeah. I like to watch movie, the, movies in the theater, but I would rather watch some of those movies at home. hundred percent. Just because I can, I can like follow it along a lot better. Yeah. Um, especially with these long films, you could watch it in the comfort of your own seat. Not yeah. a, like it, there's so many, there's so many possible things that could go wrong in a theater, like people taking out their phones or hundred oh, percent, your seat being uncomfortable Yeah, or whatever your snack isn't taste that good. You know what I mean? Like you can't do, you have to go to the washroom. Like I love the theater experience and I will always go see movies in theaters like you and like Shay. Um, but to actually, uh, have something in the comfort of your own home is nice as well. I know Shay mm-hmm. just went to the Alamo, which we've spoken about before on the show, mm-hmm. the Alamo Draft House Cinema, and like you could just tell that there is such a love of 
movies there. Like it yep. feels like a place where movies live. Um, and I'm just curious that if we like, what is it going to take for cinemas to, I guess either, I don't know if they could really adopt that. Cause it like, does a theater like that only appeal to the movie lover or can just general audience appreciate it too? Or do general audiences care what a theater looks like as long as they get to watch a the movie. There's so many things to pick apart that, there, right? That's another debate. I, I wonder, like, out of the entire audience that goes and watches a film, how many really care about how big the screen is right. and the sound? Because I don't think they really appreciate appreciate right. it that much compared to someone who's like an audiophile or uh, someone who who understands yeah. like all this the rest. This is Dolby there, Atmos. Yeah, this there, is an IMAX screen. Like they, this is... they just you could have put you know two speakers next to their ears and they probably would have been yeah happy with it because of what they were watching and yeah. All that. So yeah, like that's these grand theater experiences. I don't know. I feel like they're going to come to some sort of conclusion yeah. in the future or even or just be the type of movies the giant movies yeah. that like avengers yeah. and yeah. This, like the big franchise films that actually when you see it on a big screen with that clarity and that sound you're just like holy shit this is amazing because those theaters are built for that yeah these theaters are being built for the giant movies they're not being built almost for the smaller scale indie films which I get there's the argument for both sides, but when I when I see a movie like when I saw Dunkirk uh, downtown Toronto at the mm -hmm. Scotiabank Theater mm -hmm. in the laser IMAX and it literally took up the entire screen in front of me, I like I remember looking at Shane just being like, oh my god, like it's it's a it's a feat. It mm -hmm. is like oh mm -hmm. an eighth wonder of the world to see that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just it's an interesting time we're in right now with yeah. where theaters are going to be going and. Yeah, well, we <laughs> again. Yeah, this we'll, is not the end of streaming yeah, services either. We're going to talk about it a bit no. later too. Uh, but we'll see what happens in the coming months and years. Yeah, uh, especially with films, which which route they will take, which route they will take exactly. Yeah. Uh, going into the news this week, uh, before we get into the news, we have to do our jingle. Do 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 do. But we have one Whoa. more question. Whoa. Oh my God, you're right. I I'm going to rewind that. Uh, Ruth goes on to ask us. I can't believe we're still in the mailbag. <laughs> Ruth went on to ask us, truth or dare, what's your favorite film track, film soundtrack? Uh, or if you don't want to say your fil favorite film soundtrack, you have to say Scorsese five times fast. So you're going to talk about film soundtrack? Can I do both? You could do both, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, <laughs> film soundtrack is, well, we'll say my favorite composer is Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yep. Uh, the soundtrack that I always lead to, especially when I'm driving, it's a dark night. Yeah. You know, anything that has a, you know, the tumbler, when he's in the tumbler, the dun, 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 Yeah, like you feel like you are Batman yeah. driving. So get out of the way, guys. I'm going to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Hans, Hans is my favorite comp yeah. uh, composer as well. Like, I had the privilege of seeing him live in Toronto. Yeah, how was that? Amazing, dude. Yeah. It was absolutely so amazing. Cool. And just hearing... Like, first of all, the amount of iconic film franchises that this guy's worked on, yeah. you know what I mean? So he's just going from, you know, like the Dark Knight trilogy to Pirates of the Caribbean to yeah. Wonder Woman to this, to that, yeah. to this, to Gladiator. It's just like you're just woven throughout these like such iconic films and film scores. Um, yeah. So anything from Hans, especially the Dark Knight trilogy, Interstellar. Interstellar. Inception. Um, Inception. Like he yeah. just has such an amazing body of work. Uh, I, this week I've been watching the Lord of the Rings like appendices, like yep. the, the behind the scenes making of, which are like hours long. Yeah. Uh, so all this week I've been 
I guess, listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. So Howard Shore did such a phenomenal yeah. job with that soundtrack. And I guess anytime you hear like the Shire theme or just, and it just see, it breaks your heart, but it makes you also feel so hopeful as yeah. well too. So yeah. It's, it's such a, oh, the Lord of the Rings score is. It just, it just like bring, it's like, it just takes you back to a time and place. Yeah. So easily. Yeah. So phenomenal. And Ruth, again, thank you so much for the question. Uh, show, are we going to try the Scorsese five times fast? Yes. Yeah, I'll let you go first. But you got to count me down. Scorsese, uh, Scorsese, 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 Scorsese. <laughs> Why did you say it like the Versace flow? <laughs> oh, Versace yeah. Because <laughs> they have almost like a similar like... Scorsese, 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 Scorsese. I can't do it. It's too hard. I give up. Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese. Okay. News. News. There we go. So our first story this week, actually, is not about a movie, but about a TV show. And kind of yes. since we were talking about Will Smith, Will Smith is developing a fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff series. This is coming from Tatiana Siegel of The Hollywood Reporter. Will Smith is overseeing a de- the development of a new fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff series, according to The Hollywood Reporter. And a story, um, sorry, in the new story, the movie star rapper um, and his various commercial exploits is reported at the Westbrook that Westbrook, a new company overseen by Will Smith and his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, is handling production. Uh, the Fresh Prince originally aired on NBC in 1990 to 1996, and it was co-created by Quincy Jones. So I wonder if Quincy Jones will be coming back. Hmm. What are your thoughts about a reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? It makes sense for yeah. Will Smith. Are you a fan of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. grew up with it. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense right up. now for Will Smith, seeing that the majority of his... Movie endeavors have kind of like gone kinda yeah. gone astray. So why not go to something that well, he was, will made get him people watching? Yeah. him again. Uh, I don't know if he's in it do, or I he would say, be. Do you in think? It. So they said this is a spinoff sequel. Like, do you think that this is literally a continuation of that story? Like, we've seen so many shows kind of be brought back, like Fuller House, right? And Girl Meets World, and like Saved by the Bell now coming back. What character of that family would would you say be strong enough to hold its own show? Uh, I would. I, I could honestly see like Carlton being like the father now. Carlton having like his own family. Yeah, and maybe he's I, sending like maybe Will's kids is coming over to him or yeah. I, I don't know. Like I feel like we're gonna do some type of play. You on think it. it'd be like an adult centered um, show, uh, main character, or like or you like know, a like, kid. like a kid. I think it would be a kid, and they're gonna make it like I could almost see them flipping the scenario. So like, what if Carlton's well-to-do kids, right, get sent to live, let's say, like in West Philadelphia instead? <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be funny. You know what I mean? So they're just gonna take the take that scenario and just flip it flip the other it? way. Uh, we don't. don't we don't know who where it would air. Or oh no, I'm, ass- I'm I'm assuming Netflix would probably buy this right away. But if but if it's Fresh Prince of Bel Air is owned by NBC and may go to Peacock, mm. yeah. So is maybe- it like is it a hundred percent owned by them or is it still I, like I don't I- know. Like I I don't know if it's because they're saying Westbrook Westbrook sorry is producing it, which I'm assuming could be either they could shop it around, they could either air it on NBC or they may just make it a show for their streaming service, which would I think bring a lot of people over to Peacock to watch Imagine that, Will right? Smith came out with his own streaming service. <laughs> Will Smith is doing some weird stuff yeah, now, man. Like, but he's, the way he's, he's, do, he's working on social media. Yes. That's, he's doing that's where he's so been well on social media. Oh, 100%. If he could do that in his movies, yeah. that would be even better. Uh, but his social media is YouTube, his Instagram. He has a, he has a huge phenomenal. team behind him, yeah. no doubt. That they're so all smart. Yeah. But like the movies he's been doing, 
not so smart. Not so smart. Not I, not not. I'm not saying not so smart. Not so good. Not so. It's good. Just not leading to. Will is there Smith, is there a know. character from the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air that you'd want to see come back? Um, yeah, Will Smith's character. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah I like, think so. Well, yeah. well, you can't get no, Uncle like, Phil because he, no, he which, passed. Which and... Aunt Viv would come back? You know what I mean? Like which oh, Aunt no, Viv? Would... <laughs> no, 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 no. Forget about the Aunt Viv. Do you have a favorite Aunt Viv though? The... Do you like the first one or second one better? Ooh, I like the first one. Me too. Yeah, I like she, the first one. She felt like such a stronger character. Yes, she was a stronger when, character when she said, "Yeah, like a PhD in like English and stuff like that." I'm like, I believed it. And yeah. Then the, the second Will Smith, uh, sorry, the second uh, Aunt Viv came, and she's just more like. Philip, I want to be with you all the time. Stop working so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's just weird that, like, it was such a change up in the character. And I get that yeah. there was, like, behind the scenes drama with the first. Did you get one. it when you were, well, I, I didn't get it when it was young. I'm I, like, oh, that's a different actor, but okay. Like, yeah, I, was I just didn't like, oh, know. She's Aunt Viv. Think about all the, the drama no. that happened behind the scenes when you later on no, you find just, out about it. You watch, yeah, and I remember just like researching it growing up. I'm like, why did, the, why did she change it? And well, they, that show also broke, broke the fourth wall a lot, right? Yeah. With Will, like, yeah. referencing like, there's like no ceiling above them and like the, the, the and change and things like that. Yeah. So it's. It was. I love that show, and like for all the, I think that show, is is one of my all time favorites easily. Yeah, but it's also there's a lot of things in the show that almost became too silly, or when it want, wanted to be serious, it did it really well, and then sometimes it didn't handle it really well. So like I just think that hopefully going forward they really find like a a kind of a true path for the show. I hope they don't do you know a closed set type of thing. Oh, like a close set. Like, you, do you want it to be like a sitcom still? I want it to be a sitcom, but yeah. I want to get out of that close set mentality. Because then, because every time you do a close set show, you, you you're reminded of the original, and you try to like, oh, this is not the same as the original. Right. And I find close set shows are a very so do you mean old way of like making these sitcoms? So do you mean like a, a like a close set in the sense of like 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 I'm 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 saying like. Uh, close set in in the terms of you have an audience. You have an of, audience. Yeah, for, forget about that. Cut that out. You don't want the, you no. don't want you don't want the audience laughter as well. No, 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 no. No, that's so that's such an it's that's just a nineties thing, right? Thing, you know, like it's, it's, especially when I, like I think Fuller House still has like the the audience there. So like whenever like when I remember watching like the first season, I was just like, oh, like it's so it's so jarring hearing an audience laugh. Now. Yeah, I'm like you don't you don't need that anymore. No, you know what I mean? but just, even just the way it's shot, that. it's like a multi cam. Yeah. recording so do you want it to be almost like a, a like movie a, a yeah. movie like it, it single would, camera yeah it, it would be so much like think about all the great sitcoms right now yeah they they're not they're not in front of an audience no they're they're storyboarded scripted that type yeah. of thing where they have a very you, cinematic feel to them they right? have a cinematic feel so you want that look yeah i would watch it i would there was there was also I two I, I forget who made it but there was like a viral video that went around a few months back. Oh yeah, remember yeah. they t- the, they did like a serious the dark, take on Fresh Prince, the Dark Fresh Prince. Yeah, type. so like yeah. I, like I could it would be nice to see them almost take a more it doesn't have to be serious, but no. just a more I guess structured look to it instead of having like a sitcommy three yeah. camera feel to it. Yeah, but yeah, we shall see. I feel like this is years away still. Yeah, uh, but I hope Will is. In the show, well, I hope he, he should be in the first episode at easily. least. Just setting it up, or Will sending his kid to live with like Carlton or something like that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, or yeah, I, I can't. I don't want to speculate, but I know. I just hopefully they like 
find a way to pay respects to Uncle Phil as well too. So he's one of the best TV dads. Yeah, there'll be like a, a like a picture of him on a the, picture on the, wall. on the on the fireplace. It starts like after his like his funeral. Or oh something. my gosh, that would be crazy. <laughs> but like yeah, I, f- I feel like they'd find a way to pay respects to him. Don't have Aunt Viv in it. Just have have like the Ashley and Hillary and yeah, and um, his best friend. This oh, is- ja- uh, Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> yeah, Jazzy Jeff. Continuing on with the news this week. Apple, so a couple of stories from Apple here. So Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, A Christmas Carol musical lands at Apple. This is coming from Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter. Boris is back. Boris is back. Uh, coming on top of a bidding war, Apple is in final negotiations to pick up Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' musical reimagining of Charles Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol. The two A-listers will be star- uh, starring in the piece that is set to be helmed by Sean Anders and John Morris. The writing-directing team previously worked with Farrell on his two hit films, Daddy's on the Daddy's Home uh, film. So, Daddy, Daddy's Home and then dead, the dead. Daddy's Home two two with Mel Gibson. With Mel Gibson, yeah. They weren't funny. As they weren't funny. The first one I laughed. I haven't seen the second one, but I remember watching the the first one uh, like at home, like on Netflix. I was like, huh, okay. They're not as funny as like like the, the other, other guys. guys. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Not at all. No. Um. Yeah, so that's another big get for Apple, I'd yeah. say, because it's still that's even no, regardless of the quality, you have two recognizable stars in that, right? Yeah, and it's going to be now a movie going on to the streaming service in the holidays. It's going to be big. Uh, not Kate, this holiday, not this holiday. Yeah, no. we're looking Kate, at the it. way the way I was reading this, I'm like, wait, is this made already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless it is, I don't know. I don't think it's made I don't yet. Think so. uh, continuing on with the streaming news, Band of Brothers and the Pacific follow-up, Masters of the Air, is coming to Apple TV Plus, which is crazy because this is usually a show that has been HBO. Yes. Right. Uh, so this is com- coming from Adam Chitwood over at Collider. The third series in the World War II miniseries collection that includes Band of Brothers and the Pacific is finally moving forward. HBO originally began developing an adaptation of Donald L. Miller's book, Masters of Air, which focused on the aerial wars of World War II um, from the 8th Air Force. But The Hollywood Reporter now reports that Apple TV has greenlit, greenlit this nine-episode series with the entire production team from the previous two coming back including Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Uh, What's crazier about this news as well, Anthony, is that Apple is using Masters of Air to launch its own in-house studio called Masters, which will not just oversee production of of their own content it produces. This will also be... Sorry, let me just get back into this here. That was a nice pregnant pause there for you. Uh, this is seen as inevitable as Apple moves into the Apple TV space. Masters of the Air will be the first piece of content aired on Apple TV that is the company has fully uh, that will fully own. So let's unpack that. That was a lot. Yeah, that to was read all. There. So let's break it down. Point four. So Masters of Air is coming. Masters of Air is coming, which the, is a sequel series to The Pacific and Band of Brothers. Okay, and this is focused on the air combat of war, World War II. So this is an aerial. An aerial, aerial war show. War show. Okay. Yeah. And it's produced by the Tom Hanks Tom and Hanks Steven, and Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. And Apple is greenlit to have this series appear on their platform, their which platform, is Apple which TV Plus. Apple TV Plus for nine episodes. Nine episodes. And, but but the, the, the caveat yeah. of all of this is that Apple is using Masters of Air to launch its own in-house studio called masters so i'm assuming it's gonna be called apple masters or whatever it is right that they that's such a that name yeah because the masters of air and then now they have a studio called yeah. masters so i'm like is that uh, like 
Masters could have called it something different. Which will not just oversee production, but will own the content it produces. Mm-hmm. So is this saying that Masters... So is Masters then a, a studio, I guess, created with an Apple that is run by Spielberg and Tom Hanks? Oh. And, that, and then they are actually owning the content it produces, so not... Well, Apple's going to own it, obviously, because it's their label. Right. But I guess the Masters studio is its own studio under apple this is it's, so it's, it's so confusing this is where we are right now with streaming services man so it's so weird the way i read it was apple is developing their own studio where yeah. they're going to be making their own like they're going to make their own contact yeah. content um within, under this banner. under their this banner that means whoever is in charge of we'll say the, the television production yeah Apple's actually going to be making it rather than paying someone to make it. Right. So like right? we see shows like The Morning Show, which is an Apple-produced show. Apple gave money to these creators to, to make, make it. it. Now Apple is the creator in yes. a sense. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. It's, it's interesting. It's so, yeah. it's, so, it's so weird now where we kind of are with streaming services. And I, like we're talking about them every week at this point where it's right. like, Everyone's kind of getting their picks right now. You know what I mean? Everyone's just drafting their creators and stuff. And now Apple's just like, you know what? We're making an in-house one. And we're going to, I'm assuming, assuming have Spielberg and Tom Hanks part of this in some way as well. Right. What makes this a little bit confusing for me is that it's Masters of Air. And then Masters, it's called Masters, like you said. Studio so Master. I'm like, is this like, are they only going to make World War II dramas? Or is this, is this an actual studio? Or, or is this make... like a banner that they're going to put all of their Apple content under? Right. You know what I mean? And why not just call it Apple TV Plus? Or a different name. Or a different Masters. Because yeah. they, they use that term Masters um, quite a bit. Like even in iTunes. Oh, like you'll iTunes have, masters. You'll, yeah. you'll have like a lot of albums that has been mastered in iTunes, which is yeah, like mastered for iTunes, like, like a like some sort of like process they yeah. go through. Um, it's 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 different. different. It's different. Very different. Yeah. So we won't really it's, know what this means until we start seeing this content. And yeah, I doubt we'll see the show before 2022. Well, it is a World War World War Two aerial film right. or TV series. So that's that's a huge undertaking yeah, on its own. There's, that's there's, a lot of a like, lot there. CG. You're not going to be filming these. They're going to take the War planes II. out <laughs> of you the know, garage planes. and start flying them around again. We shall see. I mean, yeah, this is a, uh, I'm like, have you, did you ever watch Paci- the Pacific or Band of Brothers? I watched Band of Brothers. Yeah. I watched a little bit of the Pacific, but I'm not a big like, like a what like a midway or pacific type of war right enthusiast right right. um that like time in the war wasn't really appeasing to me rather than the war in europe right so i find i always find it like boring because they're always in a forest or like in a jungle and you're like yeah (laughs) get out of here it's not cool it's like the buildings and like the people you meet in europe is so much different right it's it's a different it's very historic you have a lot of these monuments and um, i'm with you yeah i yeah. we actually watched a bunch of uh i remember watching it in school like band of brothers and i would watch some of it at home as well too very like saving private private ryan oh, man it was like Christ. saving private ryan every single episode uh, every episode so was good. like that right so um, good. But yeah they're so well produced they're on hbo or crave wherever you want to watch them so yeah. if you're interested in world war ii and you want to kind of see more of a historical like accurate look at it of it watch those and yeah we'll keep an eye out for this and again another huge get for apple because this is like this is that show is always synonymous with hbo yeah so like i'm yeah. hoping this is like hey apple's like 
we're caring about the quality of that of stuff we're making. Look, and we have Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks now, right, behind this. Now, the one thing that might be different from the HBO and this is the level of realism. Oh, right. So because yeah, there is very, very much R-rated shows. Very, right? very much R-rated shows. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, how they're gonna pull that off because yeah. war is very violent. Yeah, and, and it's you don't want to see PG thirteen version of this. No. So. You don't want a Pearl Harbor. No, you like, want you want to you want this to be accurate, and you want this because I mean, be as let's real face it, it, like is. war is hell. Yeah, and you don't want to see something that kind of glazes over that because you want when you're watching. If you are interested in watching that, you want to see it for real. You don't want to see something that's doesn't feel like the stakes are there at all. Right, right, right. Uh, continuing on, our third story this week is Ballerina will determine if Lionsgate's John Wick franchise has any value without Keanu Reeves. This is coming from Scott Mendelson over at Forbes. So Lionsgate is moving forward with a spinoff uh, uh, series set in the John Wick universe. Uh, Len Weissman will direct a screenplay from Shay Haddon, which who he wrote um, John Wick 3 Parabellum. And he wrote the upcoming Netflix film Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the film is, ba- is titled Ballerina and will involve a young female assassin seeking revenge against the folks who killed her family, uh, which I'm assuming is going to be connected to the ballerina school that we saw in John Wick 3 Parabellum as well, too. Right, right, right. right. Um, so we don't know who's going to be in this. If Angelica Houston's going to be coming back, we don't know anything. Right. Um, it's interesting how because we always kind of said with John Wick of how it's built this giant worlds and the yes. world's very unique of the world building they've done. Now they have a TV show coming and now they have a spinoff movie coming. Right. So what what are your thoughts? Um. Do we need this? Do we need this? No. Do we like? I don't know who's asking for this. Right. But I guess um, they see like a, a franchise being formed that sure. they can build other stories around right and it is a world that you could easily spin off a lot of oh, movies sure. right because it's sure. so unique and it's almost comic booky and it has like a, yeah like they have the continental as like kind of like the right the, like, the tissue between i wouldn't everyone, be surprised you know? if there was a story like a movie called the continental yeah where you just all these assassins and where you have like, short stories yeah of, of people visiting you have the hotel um, manager just appearing in every single one of them you know right what I mean? he's the nick fury so it's I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, I, I, like, I, I love John Wick. Yeah. And there's going to be a fourth one. Yeah. Right? 2021. Yeah. 2021. Um, I don't know if we need another character that's similar in the sense of John Wick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and, oh, it's another assassin. But this time she's a ballerina, but it's still part of this world. Yeah. And I feel like we've seen this too. It's like Black Widow very much has that background. Uh, was it Red Sparrow? Was yeah. that the, the Jennifer Lawrence movie? Yeah. Where she she's like, like a ballerina. A Russian, Russian You know what I mean? So like, I, I feel like it's always kind of having that, like ballerinas are all assassins now in yeah. every single movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I feel like we've seen this before. And like, not that John Wick was a super original movie, but it made, it just knew what it was and it just did it so well that it just. It, and this leads back to the Scorsese thing. Like, yeah. You know, now we're taking this movie and making it into a theme park rather than enjoying the cinema that John Wick is. Sure. Yeah. You know, I would like, when I think like, I feel like when I see, think of the ballerina, like that almost lends itself more to like a four episode, five episode, six episode series TV on series? Netflix yeah. rather than a giant film. And then like, if this movie doesn't perform well, what does that mean for John Wick going forward? You know what I mean? Like, right. do they, do they be like, Oh, it's not 
associate ourselves with this movie or should we pump the brakes on a John Wick movie right now? Like it's just, it's a weird kind of scenario that when they try to go too big, too fast, like not everything needs to be cinematic universe. Not everything needs to be the MCU. You yeah. know what I mean? They just want, it's, it all comes down to upselling yeah. the, the audience. Like I'm going to give you the ballerina, even though you don't want it, but I'm going to make you want it. You're gonna, like I didn't even find that part of the movie in John Wick 3, like, no. interesting, like, okay, the ballerina. Like, the only part that kind of, like, made me cringe was the toenail, toenail? part yeah. of uh. but that's the only That's the only thing that is recognizable from that movie in terms of that the ballerina process was that there was the toenail being pulled off. You know what I mean? So I think movie studios need to realize, like, where, like, what movies they should spin off and yeah. what movies they shouldn't or what movies they need to like just find original more original content this feels like almost something that would be this almost feels like something a studio would do like five or six years ago yeah remember when they said like oh call of duty's getting a cinematic universe and the dceu was just starting out and like every studio was trying to get a cinematic universe off the ground and now it's like john wick is here and john wick were relatively low budget films right compared yeah. to giant blockbusters but it's like now it's like they have a show that's going to be coming out, which who knows what the quality of that's going to be like. And then we have another ballerina spinoff, which is like, okay, but like it's if it's in the world of John Wick, I want to see John Wick. You know right? what I mean? You just want to see John Wick. You don't care about the ballerina. Yeah. So it's like, Nate, uh, I didn't even think of a spinoff right now that you really cared about. Well, like look at, look at the Bourne legacy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's oh, called yeah. The Bourne Legacy, and it's like Jeremy Renner's playing, what is his name, Aaron Cross or something weird like that. Yeah. The whole movie, I'm like, okay, where's, where's Bourne? Yeah, where's Matt Damon? You know, where's Matt Damon? Like, and then you see a picture of him, I'm like, ah, there he is. <laughs> He's just smiling. You know what I mean? But it's like, and then you have The Bourne Legacy is arguably such a better name for the movie Jason Bourne yeah. than just calling it Jason. You know what I mean? Yeah. But because they already kind of, they didn't want to lose, I guess, the that world or keep it out of the mind chair of people. They're like, Oh, let's make another born movie, but without him. And I'm like, now I'm thinking like, okay, cause Keanu is going to be doing his own movie. Let's, it almost feels like they're just trying to milk it for all it's worth now. And I'm yeah. like, I just don't want the, I just don't want it to go dry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. That's, ah. that's the world we live in. When do you think, uh, when do you think this will come out? It was, it was the story's written, right? Apparently it's it's being written. It's being written. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Year before John Wick four. Oh wait, John Wick comes out twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. So. 20- oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh my god, I forgot what year it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you think it's before John Wick four or after? After. after. Interesting. Unless unless they realize that they have to push John Wick because the Matrix is going to take up too much of John Wick's time. Yeah. Keanu's yeah. time. Yeah, I forgot about that. And uh, Yaya, um, I'm blanking on his last name right now, but he played Black Manta in um, Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. He got cast as one of the leads in Matrix 4 as well, too. Yeah, they were saying that it was... He he may be connected to Morpheus somehow. Morpheus, he he has the the structure, bone structure of... Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. (laughs) Yeah. And the the teeth and the, the eyes and the... The jawline. Yeah. So, it re- like, when I saw him, I'm like, whoa, he could be Morpheus. Yeah. A younger version of younger Morpheus. Version. His son, maybe. A son? Yeah. Yeah. His clone? Who was Morpheus's um, partner? Was it Jada Pinkett? 
I you're asking the wrong person. I'm not too familiar with. The, yeah, I think it was. I think it was her Nairobi. Nairobi, I believe so. Yeah, Shay's probably listening to this and like yelling at his phone. No, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Okay, if I'm not, you I'll, can. I'll take your you word. Can for it. Message me, Shay. Message right, us right into the website this yeah. time with com slash talk and correct us, and yeah. we'll read your correction next show. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with the lose our our last news story for today. My goodness, what a day it's been. Uh, Continuing on with the streaming service news, the Academy, as in the Oscars, the Academy of Motion Picture and Sciences, yeah. is finally replacing DVD screeners with, with a, a streaming service. service. Wow. This is coming from Metaflix. Uh, no author that I could find on the site, though. Looks like DVD screeners will soon be going the way of the Dodo, in a move that's seen as being cost-friendly, environmentally conscious, and more secure than shipping out tens of thousands of DVDs for a single title, studios are enthusiastically opting onto the Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences plans for Oscar voters to stream films rather than make a, and receive a physical copy. Mm. Uh, in a recent interview with IndieWire, uh, the president of the Academy, David Rubin, who we were speaking about a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, affirmed that the Academy will be making online stre- screeners available for most eligible films in time for the 2020 award season. However, DVDs will still also be provided on an as-needed basis for the next several years. A film executive told Variety that all studios have opted in. We just haven't gotten all the details yet. And the Oscars will air on February 9th, 2020. So a bit earlier, the Oscars this year, I think. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? We, Man, it took them a really <laughs> long time, a long time right? to, to uh, switch from DVD to a, a streaming platform yeah. where you can access everything right away. Um, I know how protective the the DVD process is to get yeah. these screeners out. Um, it was almost like, like a Brinks truck, a vault of, <laughs> yeah. of people coming to your house. And like if you were part of the Academy yeah. delivering these DVDs and making sure that, you know, this content is not... Um, you know, put on the internet and yeah. now it is. And, and, and that's, and that's how a lot of copies of movies got out there, right? Yeah, it's because there, it's physical. You can actually feel it and Copy touch it, it, right? You know? With, with a website now, it's a little bit more secure because you are locking it down with some sort of login. Login. Right? You're logging in. It's going to be easily the tra- easy to track who it is because it will probably have like the watermarks who, popping right? up at different po- points of the movie where... Right? Before they didn't really have that. It'd be watermarked at the bottom, so they'd either blur it out or crop it or stuff like that. You know what and I mean? Yeah, it is on the internet, so it, it's more accessible to people who can maybe hack it or, or something like that. But yeah, it, it you're protecting it further with you know these password protected websites. Yeah. But it, it makes sense though, because like, you see like and festivals like TIFF and things like that. Like different film festivals will have like basically like a login for people to to watch some films as well yeah that like they could watch eligible movies that are premiering at the festival um yeah this makes sense for the academy and like it's funny because i i feel like a lot of the academy members like getting those dvds i wonder if it's like a generational thing yeah because i wonder if it's like i don't i'm not comfortable with this technology and i have to learn how to to access it it? maybe and that's like with older generation, yeah. it could be a, a or like maybe a, it's like a, a, a prestige thing because it's like instead of having something that 
is accessible online it's like look at this like i, I have, have i'm DVD. holding this dvd yeah. that's unique but also it's like it's a dvd it's not even a blu-ray yeah i think nolan when he was campaigning for the oscars when he sent his screeners out it wasn't even a dvd inside of it it was basically uh, a a card that said go see dunkirk in theaters <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is so funny to me but it's yeah. like because that's where you want to see dunkirk not on like a a dvd copy of it right right, right. you know what i mean it just it's just funny because like in terms of quality wise hopefully this will be a lot more hd but again if it, what happens if yeah. those start leaking you know what i mean then you're getting well, like that's the proper print you're them you're 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 protected further because again someone would have to know you're logged in right but when you're logged in you know the Oscars or whoever the Academy would yeah. know who was Who's looking at this this video because they they're could all track unique. It, they could revoke access. They could do they're all, all of unique that, right? coded. Yeah. I, I would suspect. Like I would think that's would how it, unless it's just some like random like Google Drive that they're sharing. Right, <laughs> it's a folder, and you open up the folder and it says like they just add it. best picture. Yeah, watch watch like a month or two from now, like there'll be some type of like data breach. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Someone's gonna like break it's, through. It's be weird. I remember uh, I was staying at an Airbnb in Los Angeles a few years ago. And like the person, like we were staying in their pool house. So shout out to Fresh Prince of Bel Air again. We're shout, we're staying in the pool house, and literally we had no idea who these people were who owned the house. But they're like, oh, yeah, like in the Airbnb listing, they're like, oh, they have a lot of DVDs to choose from, and all of the DVDs were screeners. Yeah, and they were just like, for your consideration, for your consideration. And I'm like, oh my god, like it's right. crazy. Like they just have this giant library of screeners, and I think there's a prestige. There's like a, there's almost like a like a. Like a VIP feeling of mm-hmm. having like a, a physical copy of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is this is it's cool that it's happening. So I'm just curious to see what it's going to happen closer to Oscar voting and things like that. Like if people have issues, if it goes down, you know, like things technology isn't perfect, right? Yeah. So like I'm curious if we'll be like, oh, I need a re- like your password's not working. I, I don't have access. It's not like my flash player. That, that's, or, like that's where I, like I feel like it would hit like a generational. Yeah. Like you know that. I forgot my login. Is there a website that allows me to retrieve yeah, it? You I know? forgot that academy.com. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be. I, th- I think you're protecting it because right now it's not accessible by everyone. No. Like a DVD is so accessible. Like I can walk into your house. I'm just take it and, and watch like, it. Um, you know and what I mean? Leave with it. Yeah. And like, like. I can't do that with a digital. You can't, no. Unless I hack your account. Yeah. But who's going to do that? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's just a funny time that we're in right now that yeah. like. You know, it'd be cool if they gave access to everybody. The Academy cool. makes their own streaming service. I would be surprised if it's early. an app. Do you think the there'll future? be an app? Yeah. Really, eh? Well, for them. I, 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 I like feel a like this could be the and... most, like, I think it's going to be, like, the most archaic looking. Like, it's oh, going to be, like, something from, like, Windows 98. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, sign in to an Excel spreadsheet for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be It's gonna be weird. Yeah. Um, that was the end of the news for this week. Going into box office. Yes. Uh, Joker eyes a huge 60 million second weekend. Adam's family is beating out Gemini Man. So Todd That's Phil- crazy. That's crazy, right? So Todd Phillips, this is coming from Pamela McClin- McClintock at The Hollywood Reporter. Todd Phillips' Joker continues to laugh hard at the box office where it's headed for a huge second weekend of 60 million. Uh, well ahead of expectations. Uh, the MGN and United releasing of Adam's Family is on course for a second place finish with 32 million, which is a pretty good amount. Yep. And the big disappointment of the weekend is <laughs> Ang Lee's big budget Gemini, Gemini Man starring Will Smith, which costs roughly 140 million to make after rebates. The VFX heavy Gemini Man has a projected opening of 19 to 20 million. They were hoping for at least 30. Yikes. What happened, Anthony? 
Well, I know that movie has gone through like production hell. Yeah. Like it's been it's been in development for like 30 years. Yeah. Something like that. I read a tweet the other day that the person who wrote Gemini Man in the 90s, uh, like apparently they were like either like mowing lawns or like like working tables and it was on the blacklist when somebody yeah. like purchased it. And then obviously it's gone through so many different Rewrites. hands from there now. I, but yeah, like there's so many, there's like 20 different writers on here. I mean, I, and I'm exaggerating, but there were, there's quite a bit of writers and all these writers are coming from different genres of movies, yeah. right? And different so, time periods, and right? different like, time periods. So it's like, you're having this mushed up yeah. film and you're also putting in, amazing director amazing yeah like how how like um, you have actor, will smith who was one of the most recognizable faces it. in the world they can't save it you have ang lee who is an oscar oscar winning uh director yeah it's like how what where's why yeah, well, yeah. you know what i mean like i don't so know what the, the the like this why this movie had to be made yeah um, it feels like a 90s movie though it right? does feel like a 90s movie i know you know the technology they wanted to sh- like you know you have a younger uh, Will Smith. Yeah, but do you think that's throwing people off? I don't know. I think it's, a, it's it's almost like it's strange that it's motion capture and yeah. it's not de aging. Because like when you see like the de aging that's done in like uh, like Marvel movies, for example, I think that looks really great. Especially as they've been doing it more and they're like more recent films. But like when it's motion capture, there's still like a weird like uncanny valley of like i'm looking at this it doesn't look right yeah some it's, shots it's it looks really, okay it's a younger ver- it's not it's not just a young will smith. it's like a like a 19 year old yeah, or 20 year old yeah, smith he's supposed to be 23 and it's yeah. like i know what he's supposed to look like then because if you use like samuel l jackson's yeah. character he he wasn't that much of a distance in between ages. Not at all. And like, he looks very like, he still looks like Samuel Jackson, but his skin is not as we'll say wrinkly. Yeah. Like you, right? when we saw him in Captain Marvel, he looked, I thought they was, that was just makeup, but that was actually de-aging they did on him. Yeah. And it looked phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm just curious why they went the route of like, was it more of like, we're doing this because we have the technology. Yeah. We're doing it because we can, or are we doing this because, well, that was the thing. They couldn't make this movie because they didn't have the technology, yeah. right? And the 120 frame rate is Which, a weird... Like, where, like, who's asking for 120 frame? Yeah. Like, no one wants to watch a film yeah. in that frame, like, in that soap opera look. Yeah. Like, when you ask me, hey, do you want to watch Gemini Man? Do you want to watch it 120 or... Or IMAX. Or IMAX. I'm like, I'm going to watch an IMAX. I'm going to watch it 24 frames. Right. But a, is it 24 frames or, in IMAX as well, too? I don't know. Well... I, I don't know how they're showing it. It's I so... I would rather watch it in, like, a 24-frame yeah. sequence because it, it makes it, A, it's more cinematic. Probably, B, the... The motion capture, like the the de aging of yeah. Will Smith's character, probably looks a lot better, and it's not as clean, and yeah, c- clear as 120. Because there's movements. Yeah. There's like when you, especially when you're having a CG character, like a basically a computer generated character. Like I, even from the trailer, there's shots of Will Smith moving, like young Will Smith, where it doesn't look natural, right? Where it looks more like a video game character type moving. Right. Where it's like there's physics there. There's like these subtle movements, those imperfections of what make yeah. it believable. It's not there. So, like, when, when you're seeing it, like, it just, I don't feel connected to it. You yeah. know what I mean? And Especially, it was the same thing with The Hobbit. Like, I, I'm yeah. not going to watch this film. Was it 48 frames, right? 40, like. It was weird, man. I, I 24 remember, frames is what you need. Like, just make it cinematic. Yeah, it's it, not cinematic. Yeah, it's not It's not cinematic. It's not cinema. It's not cinema. Mr. Scorsese would say. And, like, I believe, like, the frame, like, frame rate like that is great for sports. Yeah, like, of course. Just, 
that's it. That's all it's great for. You're not going to watch a movie like that because you want the movie to look yeah. cinematic. And as you're we, never going to get that. At, and as we said earlier, too, most theaters screening this movie aren't even able to yeah, show they it. They don't even have the technology rate. to do it. So it's like, what if this have been one of those things where it's like, hey, we're releasing this on whatever streaming service and they're going to support 120 frames. So if your TV can do 120 frames, you could watch it the way the director intended. I wonder if it was because it was easier for CG artists to work it. I don't know. Because they shot it in 120 frames, right? Like right. He sh- Did you see the camera rig for it? No. There. So uh, Shay sent me this ridiculous picture. It literally looks like... Like, think of... Think of... If you've ever watched Harry Potter, think of the Room of Requirement in Deathly Hollows. You know when they're climbing up that giant tower of, like... The stuff, basically, think of an attic with a bunch of stuff piled on top of it. Right. You have a chair, you have a chest, you have like a ladder. Like, there's a bunch of stuff stacked on each other. Right, and right, it literally right. looked like Will Smith was there kind of aiming with his gun. Right. And like, you just see a, a stack of just nonsense on top of him because that's how they were capturing it in that speed. And I guess with all the motion capture stuff, too, like, it's so, it's such a, it's such a bizarre way. And like, obviously, hats off to Ang Lee for even attempting it because he's a brilliant filmmaker. But I just, I just kind of wonder, like, is what's, what's, is it putting the cart before the horse in sense of, is this more of a technology showcase or is this a movie? You know, what I, I don't mean? think it's both because they're not doing well. Like, I know the CG is not great, not great, and no one's watching it. So, and no 120 really, frames is not, yeah, helping. And for it to come out in third place this weekend, uh, again, next to Adam's Family, with Adam's Family and Joker in its second weekend, and this is a movie with Will Smith in Will, it. Will, yeah, like it can't even be it's the Adam Will Smith. Smith. You know and that I mean? just says a lot about why Will Smith is doing Fresh Prince, why Will Smith is focusing on focused social, media. So, social yeah. media because he's trying to become more relevant, yeah, because his movies are not. Is That's that true. is that is that a hot take? No, or I think like I think I think that is an accurate take right now because real. Let's look back. What's the last great Will Smith movie? You know, like if we look backwards at his his Yikes. filmography right now, I'm I I got to open it up here. Yikes! Um, when I, we look back at Will Smith's filmography right now, we have Gemini Man that just came out, right? Yeah. We have. Um, the, the fairy movie on Netflix, right? Right. <laughs> I always remember. Uh, he fan. was in Aladdin. Oh my gosh, I forgot he yeah. was in Aladdin. Okay, Aladdin, Aladdin. Was here, yeah. Aladdin, but that was that was driven, successful. That wasn't driven just by him. No, it was driven it was by a, it was it was Aladdin, right? A known yeah, entity of the, Disney, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Before Aladdin was bright. Before that was Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. I don't even remember. That. It was a movie with like Helen Mirren and Edward Norton and everything like oh, that. Oh wow! Like, yeah, oh, it, was, that, it was like a stacked cast. It didn't do well. It came out around Christmas time. Suicide Squad, Concussion, Focus, Winner's Tale, Anchorman, he had a cameo in, After Earth, Men in Black 3. You know what I mean? Like, so he, and these are like, like year gaps in between what he's doing, right? Like, in between Men in Black and Seven Pounds was four years. So Will Smith isn't really coming out for performances yeah, as much. He's one of the highest paid actors out there, too. Yeah, probably still to this day. Because yeah. he has that clout from the 90s, right? Now. Now, but what does, does his but what's name, it worth now? Yeah, does his name bring money anymore? Yeah, because like even I would say like since like after he did like Hitch and Pursuit of Happiness and I Am Legend and Hancock, like since Seven Pounds, like eleven years ago now, like I wouldn't say he's really had like a phenomenal yeah outing as yeah. A, in movies, right? And he has Bad Boys coming out too. Yeah, Bad Boys for Life is coming Bad out Boys in uh, twenty twenty. Um, 
yeah, that kind of sucks because he like there's so we were talking about this I think later or in previous episodes, the idea of um of a movie star, yeah, owning a movie and oh, bringing yeah. in audience. Um, he feels it, like a movie star. He is, but you can clearly see the movie star um, theme is not doing it, uh, not doing it anymore yeah, for the his, audience to be brought into be the brought theater in. or to watch it on streaming services. And we were talking about who is still a movie star that still brings in money. And right. we, you know, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, um, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, like Brad Pitt. Like Brad, those are big names, but, but like also they're doing. I would argue, like at least with those guys, Tom Cruise is still doing giant movies. Yeah. Right? Mission Impossible, he's doing his things, he's producing. Brad Pitt and Leo are more the performance-driven movies, yeah. right? They're still teaming up with, like, big directors that kind of were part of bringing their career to the heights it were, right? Like, yeah. so it's just... But Will Smith really never... Like, Will Smith, he's turned down a lot of big roles, too, as we spoke yeah. about. Like, he was going to supposed to be Neo in The Matrix. He was supposed <laughs> to be... He literally yeah. was supposed to be Django, and he turned it down as well, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he's had the ability to be part of these giant films. Yeah. Um, but I just I just feel like he needs, not, like, necessarily, like, a comeback movie, but a movie that it's just, like, damn, this is this is not just a... Bo- like, this is not think- Suicide Squad, where it's like, yeah, he's good in it, and it makes a lot of money, but it's not a good movie. He needs to work with a story that's not action-related. Yeah. Or, or animated, or... He needs to work with, like, a... A director that's character driven, yeah. So who can actually pull um, his act because he's a great actor. Yeah, they need to pull that acting out of him. And I and feel like, like almost like a serious role. I know he did uh, Concussion, right? Concussion. He did, uh, that was 2015. But maybe like and he got snubbed for an Oscar as well too. Yeah, but it was like he, you know, his his accent was snubbed, on point yeah. and it was boring. And you know, he needs to maybe work with. Like I want him to work with a like Scorsese, a big name, Scorsese, a Tarantino, or, a Tarantino, like, or the Russell brothers, yeah, or just give Nolan, or uh, uh, I would love to see him working with a director who's like Fincher, Fincher, you know, um, Spielberg, Spielberg. Like, <laughs> I'm to, we're just naming all the directors the, now. The, right? the guy from Quebec, Montreal. Uh, oh, Jean Marc Valley or Valley oh, or, or Denis or Denis Vill- yeah. Uh, Villeneuve. Yeah, these are. Uh, and Ang Lee, I know. Again, we're 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 saying all this, and he's yeah. working with Ang Lee. Yeah, but it, it's just I it's think different. He just I got, think it's the he type of got, movie. And we just listed a bunch of like male directors that. too. But like even like like Ava DuVernay is doing amazing yeah. stuff. Like if he was like if he works on her with something, I'm sure they would do something amazing too. Because like look what she did with uh, um, oh my god, why am I blanking on the Central Park Five movie name right now? Uh oh man, they hear us. Um, they oh my god they'll hear us oh, i'm looking it up Ava, thank you uh, oh I do, 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 do. sorry guys <laughs> when they see us when they see us everyone's like it. when they see you us you idiots yeah but like what i'm saying with that like i just he has such an amazing clout and when you see where Will Smith kind of came from, I just wish that he would almost put that more in the forefront. Maybe now that he has Westbrook, he's going to start yeah, working maybe. and producing. Like, if he made a deal with Apple or with Netflix yeah. or one of these companies would be like, hey, let's start creating things based around not Fresh Prince exactly, but let's start creating these different type of stories. You know what I mean? Like, he, I'd love to see that. Here is, a, here is I'm going to, like, blow your mind right blow now. Blow it. Blow it away. 
um, is Will Smith Rick Dalton of this generation? <laughs> Rick Dalton from Once Upon is Will Smith like is Will Smith like going to be cast in like you know like movies where eventually he'll be forgotten? I don't know, man. I hope not because I love Will Smith, man. Yeah, I, I don't just, think so. I don't I, think I, Will Smith is like the name is still. He's 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 a brand, and I just hope that he recognizes that he he knows. But I hope he has he, a find. He has to find. I hope he finds a project that is just find, like, yeah. like that he just could give a performance that just like damn Will Smith is is got yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, brand new trailers this week. We got our first look at Doolittle. Which uh, is a trailer that just came out today. This is Robert Downey Jr. playing Doctor Doolittle, who is famously known for being someone who could talk to animals. Right. Uh, so, Anthony, what is your kind of your take with this trailer that we saw? Very FX driven. Very FX driven. Yeah. Um, takes place in a different era that I've always known Doctor Doolittle to be in. Yeah. So it takes place. Looks like in the 1900s. Yeah. It's very Sherlock Holmes esque. A yes, little bit. It you know reminded I mean? me of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I but, know one part of the the trailer was exactly like Sherlock. Yeah. I was Holmes, saying. So. The, I was like, he's holding a hat. I'm like, he's not going to do the Sherlock Holmes hat flip, and he did it. I think he's just really good at it, and he's like, yeah, let me do it again. Well, I guess like it doesn't take place like in the 1800s or 1700s like Sherlock Holmes does. No. But like, it's more. It looks like 19 or like I don't know like. It's old English. It's old, old English. Yeah. Old English. Um, I thought it was a Disney film because the way they per- like they make this trailer out to be, it's like, oh, the same producers of Maleficent and Alice and, in Wonderland. And Alice in Wonder- yeah. Wonderland. Oh, but wait, it's not. It's a universal it's film. A universal actually. film. Yeah. It's not a Disney, but it had a Disney feel to feel it, yeah. to it. it. Very much. Um, did, yeah. The music did the the grand epicness of it, but um, I am interested in learning about or watching this because yeah. it's it's taking place in a different era it has you know these animals on a ship that yeah. i guess he's trying to save, save or yeah because like my it only has like a bit of pirates of the caribbean going it does around. yeah because like my my only experience with dr doolittle was like the eddie murphy movie like yeah. I, i've never even seen like the one from like the 60s or 70s or whatever yeah. right like yeah, yeah, yeah um that was my only experience with it so i, I thought i liked that movie growing up uh seeing this it's I, I love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and I just feel like he he has like he's such a phenomenal actor. So there are scenes in this where like you just like just these little things that he does when he's looking, like especially the scene at the end of the trailer where he's kind of like looking at the door. It's like it's just like he's like evoking an emotion from me without saying or doing anything. Right. Um, I hope it's good. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, hope this, so. I hope it's good too. Like, it, it's had a very troubled production it's been in production forever. For I remember I remember this film being made forever. Yeah. And it's like hearing about it, never like coming, and now it here it is. It's, and I feel like I don't even know when he shot this. Like it must have been like, yeah, like, like was this after Endgame? Was this before Endgame? Like the CG looks really great in some scenes, and other scenes, it's like, oh, that doesn't look yeah. quite done yet. Yeah. Um, I hope it's good. It's coming out in January. Who's directing this? Oh, uh, let's find out. Yeah, I'm not too I'm sure very, who's directing that. I'm very curious to know who's directing this movie. Uh, Doctor Doolittle is being directed by. Do you have any guesses? Is Ang Lee? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? <laughs> frames. Uh, it's being directed by Stephen Goggin. Uh, Stephen Goggin. Stephen Goggin is known for the films Gold, uh, which is the Matthew McConaughey movie. Okay, uh, they didn't do well. Uh, Sariana, which is with uh, 
George Clooney and which, Matt Damon. Which was really good. And Abandon, which is with um, Katie Holmes. And this was Abandon is from like 2002. He's also been a writer on movies. Oh, he wrote. <laughs> oh, he wrote those movies. Yeah, No, no. He directed oh, those okay. movies. And then he wrote uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. So uh-huh. the game <laughs> is arguably the worst Call of Duty. Completely different genre of <laughs> yeah. film for this guy. Uh, Havoc, The Alamo. I'm trying to think of rules for of rules of engagement, sleepwalkers, NYPD blue. Mm. Um, and he's appeared in things like entourage and the, what, what, he's an actor. I think he's appeared in it. Cause yeah, cause the entourage is very much set in Hollywood, right? Oh, uh, can I see what he looks like? Yeah. He looks like, uh, this guy. Yeah. I don't know. He I almost, almost yeah. looks like a mix of like David Spade and, and like Michael Bay and Michael Bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so not a really director that is super known i mean i know downey's production company is making this as well too and this was like a passion project for him for a long time so has a big budget and it comes it has a 175 million dollar budget damn and it comes out in january so i'm wondering if he's going to be enough of a box office draw to bring him in or if this is going to be like the first flop of the year or well, first flop in downey's we'll see past 10 movies yeah because like every every movie's been his mcu he's he wasn't the judge which didn't really yeah light the world on fire great performance great performance and then he did like sherlock sherlock which is popular movies and he's working on the third one i like the sherlock movies a lot too um i just think that it's been so long since the last one that i just hope that when they come back it's like worth it you know right right um continuing on with the new trailers this week uh so that was for doolittle uh, we have Claus. Oh, Shay was late to the show. He was late. Shay just, just sent it in. He just sent a message wow. about the trailer. Shay, we've already watched. Yeah, it, man. Shay, we're in the future. We're in the future right Get now. Get out of here. Downey sent it to us personally. Yeah, actually, uh, we have Claus, uh, which is a Netflix animated film, basically about, I guess, the inception of Santa Claus. Is that the one with the big giant? The Santa, big giant looks Santa like Claus. the Rock. Yeah, <laughs> like Rock. And Santa I will Claus. say, like the animation in this was actually really nice. It was yeah. a really cool looking at it. It almost looks like they animated claymation because right. they went for that kind of style. It looks, right, it looks, right, right, it looks right. really nice. Very it has some cell shading to it. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, got Jungle Cruise, speaking of The Rock. Yeah. So Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson are taking on the iconic Disney ride. Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. So we've ha- had a Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah. We've had a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And now we've had, we have Jungle Cruise. The Pirates of the Caribbean was a it was ride? a ride. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a ride first at Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, and then it was, uh, and then it turned now, into a movie. Turned to, to a, a franchise. To a giant blockbuster franchise, yeah. and we had Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Again, everything's coming full circle today. Yeah. Which was, I enjoyed that movie growing up. Yeah. And now we have Jungle Cruise, which looks exactly like The Mummy to Yeah, me. <laughs> literally. The way they, they, they um, edit this, this yeah. trailer, it's like brother and sister. Uh, who are explorers need to find yeah uh, another another like, some like, sort of support which is the rock like a swashbuckling type character yes. which is like the brendan fraser yes and dude literally the fact that she's in a library and she's on a ladder yeah. and it's like going back and forth i'm like dude that's literally right from the mummy yeah. like i couldn't i couldn't believe it i'm like that's that's so funny i think they, the way they were offering him money was like oh that i remember that part of the mummy yeah it so felt like the mummy it felt exactly Except like the plot there's of the no mummy. mummy yeah and they're going after they're chasing something else and dwayne johnson is the captain of a, a boat y- yeah, yeah like a tugboat yeah and there's a lot of like inside jokes for the rides as well too on there let's like, just like with the different like going behind the waterfalls and stuff like that like like if you're a disney fan like you'll know that kind of stuff but yeah what do you think of this 
uh, I'm gonna say <laughs> I don't know. Like I saw it, and I'm like, I'm probably gonna stream this. I won't. Yeah. I won't go to the theater to watch it. Yeah, this is coming out in July. So yeah, they're they're banking on this movie to make a lot of money. Yeah, and I, mean, I guess for the kids. Yeah, and I mean Dwayne Johnson, big name. Emily yeah. Blunt, big after, especially after like Mary Poppins. So like. They're Disney players at this point, so... But, yeah, you're not going to get me in the theater to watch this. No, I... Sorry. That's no, okay. Sorry, Disney. It's okay. If it was on Disney+, Plus, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But, again, like... Even the poster looks like, like Jumanji, what, like, eh? what, 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 like, why do I want to watch this? Yeah. It, did, it didn't give boat. you... It didn't give you a feeling of why I should watch this. Yeah. This looks like a, a movie we've seen before. Yeah, like okay. Jumanji or... Or Mummy. The or Mummy. Indiana Jones type thing, right? Yeah, but those are... Better Better movies, characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got Onward, which is a Pixar movie, yeah. which is with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, and basically we saw a lot more of this movie. Now they're seeing that they're trying to summon their dad back. Yeah. Uh, I think, I thought this was a lot stronger trailer. Oh my gosh. So much stronger. One. Yeah. So this so one, much stronger. this one, this made me, me want to watch it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, like this looks like it's, I think this is going to be a lot better. Yeah. Than, because yeah. I, when I, that first trailer that they showed, it, it was like, uh, it was I don't like know a, about It was these. a weird like troll Troll mix. It still kind of gives me DreamWork vibes a little it bit. It does. But yeah. Seeing this and the animation, I'm like, this looks a lot more Pixar esque now. Yeah. And um, even like you, 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 you heard the actors or the voice uh, actors yeah. talk and like the chemistry between felt Chris Pratt and Tom, Tom Holland, Holland yeah. felt so good, so natural. Yeah. You. Um, there's a lot more personality in the trailer. More personality. So and the, and it, like there's that Pixar twist of like, okay, they're summoning their dad back, but it's only the bottom half. Yeah, of him. and it's pretty funny. I yeah. was laughing. The scene of like where the dad like taps his foot like on his son's shoe, almost yeah. like like resting his foot. On, I'm like, oh, like, that's cute. Like yeah. those little things that little Pixar, Pixar does. Moments, I'm like, yeah. they, that's what made me be like, yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah. Uh, we got Truth Be Told, which is with Octavia Spencer, which is an Apple TV plus show yes that's i did not watch this trailer uh it's gonna be premiering in december it looks interesting uh we apple's kind of been putting out a bunch of different little teasers yes like we had the m night Shyamalan yeah weird baby doll trailer yeah. that we got as well too yeah um and then yeah that was it. and then we talked about doolittle already yeah all right that was a uh, what's your trailer of the week so far this week then anthony um i'm gonna say onward onwards your trailer of the week eh? onward um, I'm going to say... Say a Daniel. Uh, well, who are you going to pick? You're going to pick Jungle Cruise, Doolittle? Yeah, it's a kind of a weird week for trailers, right? I'm going to I'm going to give it to Onward as well. Yeah, you better. <laughs> Onward's getting the trailer of the you week. You better, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. Out this week, we have The Lighthouse, which is with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and there's a lot of farting in it, apparently. The, the weird... The weird lighthouse... Black and uh, white. Black and white... Uh, Rain movie, rain movie. That's like a from noir, the director of the, the Witch. An, yeah, it has yeah. a noir look type of thing. But it's I look. I I wanted to see it so bad at TIFF, but we unfortunately could not get tickets. Uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, is coming is out. She the Mistress of Evil. I think so. That's. I that's, thought she was a good person at the end of the Maleficent. Uh, she's still she's teetering both sides, you know. Yeah, as Maleficent does. Um, yeah, that's coming out this week, and again, I think this is going to make so much money for Disney. Oh, tons. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap. I totally forgot this comes out this week. Yeah. Um, so that's coming out this week as well, which I'm hopefully it's getting good reviews as well too. I'm excited. I'm in the mood for a good zombie comedy, comedy? and comedy because yeah, I love the first comedy. Zombieland. And Jojo Rabbit's coming out this week too. I Jojo. think these are the states releases, so I think here in Canada we may be getting Jojo and the Lighthouse next week. But mm. if you're in the states listening to us, enjoy those movies now right. or this week. Like is Jojo and the Lighthouse getting 
a good yeah. amount of theater releases or is it very uh, limited? Limited? I'm not too sure actually. I feel like JoJo would get a good release because it's technically a Disney movie. Yeah, because it's under. But they Fox. don't really promote. I don't see a lot of JoJo Rabbit being promoted. promoted. Yet. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it may start kicking up as a bit much more. as like Zombieland and Maleficent and the Joker. I just don't see JoJo being promoted as much. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Maybe right? maybe they're saving it for like closer to the release. Maybe this week we'll start seeing a lot of ads mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been watching this week, Anthony? So I'm still finishing up on you know uh, Righteous Gemstones. Uh, yeah finish the last episode not the last last episode second last, last episode se- second last episode yep. so there's one more episode that I think the, still has to premiere the finale is tonight which is tonight yeah um and then i watched uh, a little bit of succession yeah so enjoying that still enjoying it love love the dad um and then i watched el camino which gonna, we'll talk about we'll talk about in a second el camino uh, really quickly for myself i started watching peaky blinders have you watched peaky blinders yeah and i'm like uh the their 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 um, accent is so strong, even with subtitles, and I get and I got bored. <laughs> I got you, I got you. So I watched just the first couple episodes. They're short seasons; it's only like six episodes a season. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest; I'm a little bit in withdrawal right now because I finished Red Dead Redemption Two, which mm. I love the story of that after coming back to it after a year almost. Uh, so I was just like, give me anything with people on horses, really. But they're not on horses. They're they're on horses. Like they ride horses. I don't think so. I I just saw There's them. There's a lot of horses. like walking in mud. You know, but I walk in lots of mud in Red Dead, so that that's why. I'm, sure. I was like, give me give me something of that era because it's like takes place in the nineteen nineteen hundreds, right? Yeah, the industrial age of. Um, I watched Dirty Money, which is on Netflix. It's like a documentary series. Um, yeah. So I did. I didn't watch all the episodes. I I only watched the Volkswagen episode, and I watched one about Trump as well. Um, they're just kind of talking about where their money comes from what they do with their money and as the title implies it's all dirty it's dirty money you know what's what I mean? clean money money you make honestly mm. what what corporation what that's corporation that rich makes things honestly 100 right if you got billions in the bank there's you got bill trillion oh there's nobody gets that money playing playing straight you know what i mean 100 percent uh i watched psycho <laughs> Psycho was, from wa- the... From, like, the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. Oh, the original Psycho, yeah, not the, the Vince Vaughn not Psycho. Not the Vince Vaughn one, no. It was on TV, so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. And I'm like, damn, like it's been a while since I watched it. And uh, being, like, having been at the Bates Motel, like, where they shot it, and, like, seeing it, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, just... Like, this is the first time I've watched Psycho since actually being there. So, like, seeing it in that era and everything like that, I was like, damn, like, this, is, this is cool. When were you there? Uh, so it's I'm on. Trying, I'm it's trying a, to like, like, were you in? Is it an actual hotel or is it closed? It's, it's, so it's not off. an actual. It's it's on the lot of Universal. Yeah. So when yeah. we went on the Universal tour, or like both times did the Universal tour, uh, it's on the lot that you could like you drive by it on the giant tram that you're on. Right. And what's really cool about it is that they get a guy who looks like Norman Bates who comes out of the house or like who's putting something in his car. And then when he notices the Universal cart driving by, he literally takes a giant knife out and starts running at the tram. <laughs> so the first time we went on this, that didn't happen. Oh. Okay. So the second time, I'm like, oh, I'm like, who's this? Who's this jabroni? This outside the house right now? <laughs> and then he literally looks at us and he starts running at us with a knife. And I'm just like, oh my god, why? Uh, so that was really funny. But like, yeah, Cycle is a classic, and it's it's funny seeing. There's so many things in that movie for for it came on what 1960. Yeah. So like for some of the things that that movie was doing is just like you could like it's easy to see why hitchcock his films have gone down in history the way they have right yeah 
Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I was watching the Lord of the Rings appendices, which is just like basically the making of that whole trilogy, which it's amazing to see like literally. So you're not watching the movie, you're just I, going I, to the I will. I will watch the movies. Damn, Daniel. I will I like watching the appendices. Damn, Daniel. You're... And then I will go into the movies. But I just I just like seeing how these were made because he literally had three years to make these movies. Like he had three years of prep yeah. and shootings compared to like the month he had before the Hobbit started. Yeah. So Was there like a part in that? appendices where they had the full movie on like an ipod yeah that's exactly and they lost the appendices, yeah. and they lost the ipod or they couldn't is the only copy or i don't know i'm going yeah i'm gonna i'm i was literally thinking about that today when i was watching it so like yeah there's a part i'm i'll get to full story for next week's episode but basically what happened is that they had a giant portion of the movie uh or the score of the movie on an ipod yeah that they were delivering the ipod as just storage. As, as a hard drive yeah so yeah, they yeah. had a, a chunk of the movie on the ipod and they were delivering it to, I guess, somewhere in London to, for it to be composed. Right. And then they ended up losing it, or it was stolen, and they had to track it down. Or like there was this giant thing behind it. So I'll get, I'll get the official yeah, story yeah. for next I, week. That's I, I remember that you, part. You of, know it. You know. I remember right? that part. In the, but I, that was, the last time I watched it was like when I was. It was like two thousand four. <laughs> twenty. You know, twenty. Uh, happy belated birthday, by the way, as well. Too. Thank you. So when I know we celebrated Shay's birthday last week, but yeah. we missed uh, yours was in between an episode, so yeah. we didn't say mine anything. was on on um, Thursday, Thursday the tenth, right? Tenth, yeah. So happy the greatest belated. day of the year, October tenth. Yes. Is there a reason why? Oh, because I was born. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Right? Just, just making this, sure. Just, just. I just want to make sure we're on the same uh, wavelength. Cool, man. And then the worst day of the year. April 3rd. Eight. Worst day. Is that your birthday? That's my I know birthday. it was April. I just didn't remember it. From Thanks for remembering, man. Yeah. <laughs> worst day. Um, so, I guess our, our topic of the show slash what we've been watching this week, El Camino, which is a Breaking Bad movie uh, that literally takes place seconds after... Breaking Bad. So, just spoiler warning for you now. Yeah, is if this you, a spoiler? Yeah, let's go. This gonna, let's yeah, go fully into it. Spoiler free or uh, spoiler? This is spoiler. So we spoiler, can we can good. go into it. So if you have not watched El Camino yet, or if you're planning on watching it, stop right here at this time mark and come back to this episode so we could hear yeah. what we thought. Um, so ready? Three, two, two one. Nine. Jesse's dead. No, he's not. No, dead. he's not. We're kidding. We're kidding. Imagine. What? Um, this movie literally takes place seconds after seconds after Breaking Bad. We yeah. Breaking Bad ends with Jesse driving off in the El Camino, screaming, "He's getting his new chance at life." Yeah. And now here we are, six years later, seeing exactly what happened. Yeah. So what did what do you think of this movie? It was so good. I really really liked it. Yeah. It it like it. The first thing that I noticed it was six years that had passed. It didn't feel like it. No, it, it felt like man. They just picked up where they left off, um, and the story just continued to grow. It didn't feel different. It didn't feel. It just felt like another Breaking Bad. Yeah, episode. It, but it, almost, it also yeah. ha- it had a f- very movie vibe. Yeah, dude. This movie. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Probably up there with the best cinematography of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a TV movie, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. This is just there's a shot when when Jesse's in the apartment, looking for where he had where money was hidden, right? And you and it does like an overhead view of the whole apartment. Yeah, and you see basically the floor plan. Yeah, and it's just like, damn, like this movie is gorgeous, so good. And it, it, I almost feel like like Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad, because he wrote and directed this. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like if Breaking Bad got two more episodes, 
this would be like the epilogue because this is very much an epilogue for the series. Yep. Right. Like Better Call Saul is kind of running. It runs before Breaking Bad happened. And this is very much, this is about Jesse. This is about Aaron Paul's character. Yep. What he has to do to kind of get his life now, to get his life back on track and back in order. Um, honestly, I loved, and they weren't in it that much, but Badger and uh, Skinny. S- Skinny Pete. Skinny Pete. They were amazing in this movie. Yeah, they, they were like, the first part of this of this series. He, it's a fr- so Jesse drives to their house to their house for support for help because he's being yeah um, he's being chased he's right? being chased by the cops the cops now right and like just seeing them and like just seeing that they're so willing to help him yeah you know what I mean and like that that scene where like Skinny Pete's like yo man you're my hero bro and I was yeah. just like it, like it hit me so hard because like they no matter throughout everything they just have such a love for Jesse yeah and the fact that they even give Jesse the money that Walt because at the end of Breaking Bad Walt basically pays them right right for doing the laser thing yep. on, at Walter and Gretchen's house of Grey Matter and like you see them give Jesse that money to give him a chance at survival. Right. You know Which what I mean? Which is about $8,000. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. he, like he gives it to them like after, like literally, because literally, when you think about it in the show's timeline, that's like the day after yeah. or a couple days after yeah. what happened at the end of Breaking Bad. So he gives it to them. And like, so Jesse could kind of continue on his journey. And what was throwing me off too is that the, I guess the antagonist in this movie, the dude who, the welder. Yes. Is a dude from, from Righteous Gemstones. Gemstones. Yeah. And he plays an asshole in this too. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. So I was it was so hard to take him seriously yep. because I, I've been watching Righteous Gemstones. Um, but like Breaking Bad's always kind of been like a westerny type movie. So yeah. for it to kind of end with a shootout like that, I'm like, that's that's pretty ballsy, man. That was a cool move. I like Yeah, that. it was very, very cool. Um I find I found that like Jesse's character had yeah. grown so much. Like he's He's a more mature, yeah. Not a lot of yo and bitch, and yeah. Not very, you know. He had that that vibe of like that. He's been Eminem vibe type yeah. of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, no, like I hundred percent. Jesse is more of like like a man who's just focused and yeah. s- like he wants to get out. Yeah, and he wa- like he's more. He's so much mature. I was. Like, that's the first thing that that vibe. I'm like, man, like he's not the same guy. Yeah. That he's we so were so broken. used to, like he's, he's not so broken, immature man. or anything like that. He yeah. he knows what he needs to do. Yeah, and I, I was so scared the movie. I was scared the movie was going to be almost like a giant. Not not that I was scared it was going to be this, but I I was worried that they were going to take an approach of let's make this a giant movie. Yeah, like, it's like it didn't it didn't feel like that. No, it was like this movie was again a slower burn. Yeah, this is a character piece on jesse on jesse pinkman yeah. and what he needs to do now in the aftermath of everything the big events have already happened yeah this is the fallout now this yeah. is him like, how do i his, freedom get, how do i get to freedom now yeah and just kind of seeing him like the flashbacks in this movie were so well done mm-hmm. i think the only thing that this movie has against it which is a reality of it is that people have gotten older so todd uh jesse plemons character yeah. uh he's put on some weight so when you see him at the end of Breaking Bad, he's skinnier, and then you see him in this, he's a bit bigger. Yeah. So in my head, kind of, I'm like, yeah, you know what? When he got all that money, he ate a lot of food. He got a lot of, he got bigger, and then he lost some weight. You know right. what I mean? Right. Right. But like, other than that, like, all the cameos in it are just so well, like they just hit you so hard, and like, there was no way I thought Brian Cranston was coming back. Yeah. There's no way when I was watching this movie, I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. And he did. And he did. And not only did he come back, he came back, like, literally 
so there's an episode in Breaking Bad where they get trapped in the desert. Yep. Right? Where, like, the, the RV won't start. And for him to come back, literally, in that episode when they say, like, yo, let's get out of here. Let's let's hit up a motel. And we each get separate rooms, take a shower, let's eat. And, yeah. like, that's in, like, season two of the show. Right. Right? And then you kind of see that scene actually happened after they got stuck in them in a diner just kind of talking about life. So it was just, it wasn't just that he came back as Walter White, as like a vision of Walter White, which I, no, I, like, I didn't, I didn't want them to do. Yeah. It, it was, it was Walter. It was them coming back as those characters that we loved yeah. when they were partners still. And they were, they were on good terms with each other. You yeah. know what I mean? And they also, there was like their, their discussion yeah. at the table when, when Walter said, um, you're lucky you don't have to wait your entire life to do something special. Oh man. Which really showed like, where Walter's mindset was. Yeah, for sure. Which wasn't about the family. No. It was about him. It was about him. Before all that was really like this is something that he was projecting out of himself yeah. for so long. Before we as an audience it, yes, really we, knew we really, we really that, knew why he that was Walter, doing what he was doing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Walter was a very selfish character. Yeah. As much as he said he was doing it for his family, he was doing it for himself. Yeah. You know, he loved yeah. doing it and it brought him life and see that jesse like to see the return he, he of even the, su- like even jesse when he said it it's like what yeah like, like he's just like that's so strange this isn't to think this is special this is special like it's like no yeah also it's crazy that like to see like the character coming back um the vacuum the vacuum <laughs> oh my God. salesman that the that scene um with the uh, jesse and the vacuum sales what's yeah. his what's his uh character's name i forget who his character's name is but the, played by the actor robert forster yeah who, who died literally yeah, he passed away the night the the day the sh- the movie came out yeah. rest in peace to him he was in uh he was nominated for uh, jackie brown like he's a phenomenal actor he's an actor's actor as they say yeah um like i was so surprised to hear that he passed away yeah. the day the day there's the movie el camino his, came yeah. out um but yeah when he, when he's calling the cops he's like you're not calling the cops because you know it's gonna it's gonna reflect on you too and they're yeah. gonna ask me why i have this money and giving it to you yeah and they'd be like the cops wouldn't let you hang up they'd stay on the line yeah. and, and the cinematography was so good they had this shot of jesse like the back shot of jesse and he turns around and you see like his that jesse face like yeah. that pinkman face that's, like fuck that was <laughs> that, that that's classic breaking bad yeah and that, it was that, so that, good that's what made me so giddy because i'm like that is a classic that is the comedy of Breaking Bad, like that just that that classic moment. Yeah, that made me just be like, man, what a show. Yeah, and I and I, again like Jesse gets Jesse. money. He gets um the way he gets the money too. There's so many different plot points which obviously man, won't yeah, get into, um, but, yeah. Um, I thought um Todd, yeah, who was played by uh, Jesse, Jesse Clemens. Clemens, yeah. The weird, he's so weird. Dude, I but like it's he's like so messed up as he's a character. So messed up that like. The whole scene with the the maid, the maid that he kills the maid, but he doesn't think anything of yeah. it. And he's like, Jesse, what soup do you want? Yeah, and I think there's such a brilliance to his character yeah. that you see it come out more in this movie because it's like he's so messed up, he's yeah. so evil and messed up, but he's also so respectful as way yeah, as well. Yeah, it's like too. a respectful evil dude. Yeah, so it's just like the scene where Jesse gets the gun and then he's still asking Jesse, he's like, Jesse, we're going to go for pizza, man. Like what kind of pizza what, do what you kind like? Of pepperoni? like? Pepperoni classic, man. Me man, too. That scene with Jesse's just like, he knows he, he can't, I don't know if it's because he can't kill someone. Yeah. I don't know if he's killed anyone at the, that moment. No, he hasn't. He has Oh no. Oh, like, has he killed anyone in the show? Has yeah. Has yeah. He Cause ki- he, he killed Gail. Remember like the, the chemists. Oh yeah. He went yeah, to his yeah, door. Yeah. But I think that he's after so killing broken. Gail, he hasn't killed anyone. Right. He's so broken. He doesn't want to kill anyone. There's there's scenes of like how they ca- like kept 
him in the their compound. Yeah, like they chained him up to yeah. like this welding. Yeah, and you rig, s- and you see more of that. Which leads to right? a lot of like the other parts of the story. Yeah, you could clearly see that this guy has been broken. He's just a broken. How character. long was he in that compound? Months. Months. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Breaking Bad season five starts. It's like it's Walt's fifty first birthday, mm-hmm. and when Jess and when he comes back for Jesse. It's his fifty second birthday. Okay, so. so it's, I would say it's probably six to eight months, probably that right. he was imprisoned in a cage. Right, you know what I mean. And his face is all over the news and everything like that. Big as big as Walt was, right? Yeah. So, um, it was yeah, just so it's so well done and best. Like I would say, the one thing that really captivated cap- captivated me was yeah. the cinematography. It was so well just, done. Just just absolutely stunning, man. Like the. The time lapse shots, just those iconic Breaking Bad shots. Picture those, but with yeah. a uh, with an, a cinematic camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was actually done by the same cinematographer. Same cinematographer who did a lot of the Breaking Bad episodes. Yeah, but uh, his when, name is I got it right here. Is it George Mastros? Uh, Marshall Adams. Marshall Adams. That's yeah. it. But it's just so it's so good. It's it was so, so good. It's such a compliment to. The TV series. The TV series. I'm like, right? I want more. Yeah. I want more. Do I want to know. I think there will be more. And I feel like, because they use that branding, a Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. Do you think we'll see like a movie about Huel, like the big, the big, uh, the big black guy who like laid on the money? Yeah. Uh, like him and his, his partner, like the comedian dude. Or maybe a story about Walter's son, wi- son or yeah, wife. wife, what they're doing. Like, yeah. but like even Jesse's, like the ending. Yeah. Of that movie, that the movie with jesse going yeah. to alaska dude it's like, poetic there's, there's so much more though you yeah. know there is dude it's the same shot the same shot of him when you see him driving away at the end of breaking bad yeah and he's like yelling screaming yeah. and then you see him driving in alaska and he's just like, like calm, calm and at and, peace. Ha- and happy and the letter he was sending was to brock the 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 son of the girl who was killed of Andrea's son. Yes, 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 yes. And then that then uh Jessica Ritter came back too. Yeah. Or for Kristen like, Ritter, sorry. Kristen, Kristen Ritter came Ritter. back. Um as for a flashback people know scene. from from um the Netflix the Marvel Netflix show of um Jessica Jones. Just Jessica Jones, sorry, that's yes. why I said Jessica. Um Kristen Ritter came back uh for a scene with her. Yeah. And which was so nice to see them talking together too, because Jesse truly loved her in the show, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, the way she died was such a sad death. So like yeah. it just it just gave such closure and such a feeling of like like such a like such a nice farewell yeah. to these characters. But uh, like to tell you if you're a huge Breaking Bad fan, like watching this movie, you, you like you felt like this show just ended two days ago. Yeah. Like it was just like the way they shot um New Mexico? Yeah. It's in New Mexico. It was Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Every time I see like Breaking Bad, I always think of warm and cold. Yeah. You know, like it's, you know, it's New Mexico, so it's warm. Yeah. But it always has this cold feeling. I don't yeah. know if it's, it's just because it's a lot of like abandonment deserts, Desert, stuff bungalow like that, yeah. houses. Yeah. It's just, it just felt like I, that show just yeah. didn't end six years ago. It no. ended like now it ended. Yeah. And I, and, and I it literally, did such yeah. a good, great. On, Time, uh, editing on the pacing yeah and i because like I, i've been saying kind of the last few weeks i've been watching breaking bad so i watched felina which is a season the series finale right like the day of yeah i watched that and then i watched el camino afterwards and they're like having them back to back like that is such a such a nice bookend yeah. i and, do uh, i really love this yeah. it's if would you you can't so 
you have to watch Breaking Bad at least. Oh yeah, this this like, isn't a movie that you can just watch on its no. own. No, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, I can't. I would it not might. recommend this to people who have not watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, like it, it might like entice like want you to watch Breaking Bad, but I would rather you guys um, or everyone to watch Breaking Bad first before you watch. Yeah, because I I don't think like I think you could appreciate this movie on a technical level and maybe like pick up on some of the story elements. Yeah, but this is very much like chapter. This is like chapter nine and ten of a ten chapter series. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like yeah. jumping in here, this this could be broken down into two episodes and tacked on to the last season. Yeah, as a as an this is an epilogue. So I I don't think you'll get really anything emotionally out of it watching it on its own. No, but if you're watching There's great Breaking story Bad, elements to it, that's just ah, it's so good. It just ties up things and, so nicely, and, and it's uh, it's typical Breaking Bad writing. Yeah, it's just really really phenomenal right yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, I just i i'm curious to see what vince gilligan again like the creator and showrunner and director and writer of the show what he's going to do next will I this think air on amc this will air on amc yeah so yeah. this is actually going to air on amc next year which is kind of next year which like, is kind of strange because it's like it's a sony pictures yeah television series which obviously breaking bad was on amc but it's like I don't get the point of them airing it on AMC next year. Like it will air on TV, but it's like people, most people have Netflix anyway. And Breaking Bad was, got picked up for as many seasons as it did because it got so popular on Netflix again. Right. So it's like, it's such a weird, a weird spot. One, and it aired in some theaters as one well. One thing too. I noticed a lot is like they swear a lot in, in the, this. In this one, yeah. But they don't, AMC doesn't allow the F word. You, they can, I think they could do like, they had there were definitely some like f bombs. Yeah, there Breaking was Bad. a bunch of f bombs. But it on was the rare. It was no like oh on in, the AMC on AMC. Yeah. Oh really? I thought it was more. I thought they didn't allow it. They, they did like there were definitely some, but it was it was a rare scenario where you would you would hear them drop it. But they're definitely right. like going back and watching Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, there's some there's some yeah, yeah. some f bombs in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it was great. It was I, a great I, great movie. Um, was I was really Do you happy. think it'll be nominated? For anything, I don't know because like it's it's basically is it like a TV movie? Is this or is it a movie? I think it's in the vein of a TV movie yeah. because it's produced by it's at Sony Pictures Television, Television. so I think they're treating it in the As vein a of, a, of a TV show, right? Um, which I'm okay with because like they made a movie of it, but basically, but realistically, like it was it was like a long episode. Right, right, and I'm right, okay right. if it doesn't go the Oscars route. If it goes to the Emmy route, it's going 100 percent go the, oh, yeah. the Emmy route and the Golden Globe route. Yeah, for limited series and all that stuff. And Aaron Paul's phenomenal in it. So oh I my hope, god, he was so good. So I hope he gets his due again for it because he he got showered with praise for it originally, and I think he's deserving of it again. Yeah, Anthony, what do you say we wrap this this episode up? Yeah, man. Did you know this is episode 30? No. This is our 30th time doing this, man. Wow. This is crazy, right? Man, time flies. Time it flies. doesn't even feel like episode It does 30. not at all. It feels like just the other day we did episode 20 where we were talking about 1999. That's true. Yeah. So we'll, true, we'll true. have a... We'll save for our next milestone episode where we'll kind of go b rewind the clocks and discuss movies or decide whatever we want to do. Um, you're listening to the movie podcast. You could catch us a brand new episode of the movie podcast across all your favorite podcast services. Again, if you want to be part of the show, please write into thistimewith.com slash talk and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Daniel here with Anthony. Shay will be back next week. Uh, and that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. <laughs>